So in, into the blue verse, how was it? Into the blue verse, man. <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, really? Blues, yeah, but blues. Uh, what's it called? Blues Big City Adventure. Blues Big City Adventure, where all we got all three of the the hosts, all, all three, all three uh, blue friends. You love to see it. Loved, oh, I loved man. it. I loved it. I was on um, uh, I was on call with uh with hats. And then, like, we were, like, trying to figure out what to watch. Like, I was just, like, bringing up random shit. And then he said, oh, dude, you want to watch the Blue's Clues movie? And then, like, my eyes, like, bulged out of my head. <laughs> it was, I was, like, on the perfect kind of energy to watch that shit. And I will say that that, like, if you grew up on Blue's Clues, that movie is manipulative as a bitch. Oh, good. That, That's exactly what it should be. Exactly. That's exactly what I wanted. I felt so manipulated. Like <laughs> I was telling, I was telling, I was telling hats like Steve, Steve Burns, like it's not fair. Like all he has to do is exist. He is a walking emotional manipulation. Like yeah. all he has to do is be himself, and all, he, and he just has to say you. All he has to say, you, like all he has to say is that. And then like everybody like burst into tears. It's, it's nuts. I love that, man. It's nuts. Dude, I, Blue's Clues is like, it's, it's such a great, like, it's such a great kids show. Like I know, like, I mean, it's easy to like write off kids shows as being, well, it's for kids, but Blue's Clues is genius in how it, how it like revolutionized how they do kids shows like the way that they pause for the call and response. Yeah. Like I, I remember listening, my friend Hector, shout out to Hector Navarro. He used to do the Nick, Nick animation podcast. I heard that um, one. I, I heard that episode. It's a great episode. episode. Yeah. It's it is episode. truly my, I think yeah. it's my favorite episode. And he's talking to the blues clues creator and they were talking about how the network didn't get it and wasn't on board with like, no, you can't have all this dead air. Like you can't do that. This is a TV show. Right. And they were like, trust us just watch and they did it and then they and they put it in front of a bunch of kids and as soon as it happened the kids were yelling back at the tv and doing the mm -hmm. call and response and it just like i mean that's like what dora does too right like it's basically right. they 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 went they rolled with it from there on out um but it is truly such a smart way to get your the kids invested in it, like feeling mm -hmm. like they are a part of the show and they're actively yeah. learning and using their critical thinking skills while they're doing it. Legendary show. Love Blue's Clues. Legendary shit. And it's just, it's cool, like, to see, like, Steve and Joe and, like, the uh, Josh, the guy that they have now for the, for the new one. And they're yeah. all great. And it's like, it's a musical and the music is fire and the choreography is fire. Like oh, I wasn't expecting yeah. all of that. It was really fascinating to see like, because like, and this is this is one of those things we talk about when like cartoons go to the theater. This went to streaming, but it's kind of similar where like the opening of the movie takes place in like Blue's house and everything like that. Right. So it's still the flat Blue's Clues staging, but it's like, Josh is like lit different so it kind of looks like a movie it was like right. so fascinating like I might I might watch it is on, is on Paramount Plus yeah I might check it out I'm I am very curious I, I was, encourage um, anybody that grew up with that shit to to look at it. like I said it's that when Steve showed up at death that's when I felt the most manipulated and I thought that was it but like right. they do something at the end that like 
my brain like forgot used to happen all of the time on that show right, and then like right. in the middle of it happening like i like bursted into tears like, oh, i was like I no <laughs> like hit my face and shit <laughs> you love to hear it i love, love to hear it bro i fuck with oh, that man. shit unironically i get that shit four stars on letterboxd i uh <laughs> hell yeah i've seen um i've seen a bit of the new guy josh he seems really good josh is the new guy right yeah what's the middle what's the middle guy's name joe 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 that's right steve joe and josh um but speaking of my friend Hector, that episode where he talks about Blue's Clues, he at the end, he like they he ends the episode by singing the song with her. And mm. I remember listening to that episode and being like, and it was right when they had like announced they're gonna do more blues clues and they're looking for the new host. And Hector singing the song, I was like, Hector should be the host. Hector, Hector should be the blues clues. Honestly, host. bro, like <laughs> I don't know him, but like listening to that pod. He could be the Blues Clues host. Like, I he think could. he would have. I think he would have been great. And it was so funny because I actually brought it up to him, and he and he said, "You're not the first person to have said this to me." Really? And he like, yeah. He he said that he had like he was the one who I think he probably could have auditioned, and he was like, "I didn't think I wanted to go that path <laughs> with my career." But like, Damn. I always think about that. I'm like, man, Hector would be a great blues he would have fucking he would have fucking killed bro he would have killed really i think is. uh i think my favorite episode of that podcast might be the jimmy neutron one i think i just i know that episode has one of my favorite stories which is pretty much just the creator jimmy neutron being like fam i didn't know they was making planet sheen i was like what the fuck it's a great podcast nick shout out to nick animation podcast it's not on anymore but it was really good you should go listen to all of yeah. them they're really I was interesting. Hoping it was just, come back yeah they they ended up now they, they produce other podcasts that was that one's really good because it's just deep dive interviews with with the creators of so many of those shows uh and then yeah now the two well then they did They've got the Avatar podcast that's ongoing with Dante Bosco and Janet Varney, who are great. And Hector's on that a lot. And then Hector was a co-host of the SpongeBob podcast, which I I think is over. Um, But he was doing that for a minute and they had a lot of fun doing that. And uh, I think he's a great he's a great host. Honestly, we got to get him on this show at some point. He would do it. Um, He's also got his own podcast called 500 Greatest Films Podcast, where he and his friend Keller have been going through all the movies on this old empire magazine, 500 greatest movies of all time, a list from like 15 years ago. I've been nice. on that a couple times. Um, and it's a great podcast. They're really great. They do bonus episodes and stuff too, but uh, really good stuff. And yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. Should well. we, uh, should we move into the future? I, I got like look at look, check check want. out what I got. I got my my combo uh, Futurama Doctor Who shirt on. Oh, okay. So it's nice. it's all of the it's it's all of the doctors up to the twelfth Doctor with their heads in jars, like Futurama in Futurama animation style. I got this from my uh, my friend Cameron. Shout out to Cameron. So I uh, I just I just washed it and I was like, hey, I haven't worn this shirt in a while. I should wear it for the Futurama pod. Nice. So you're welcome, listeners who can't see my pot, my shirt. <laughs> you're very welcome. <laughs> it's a great visual, you guys. I'm just telling yeah. you now. It makes the podcast better. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, let's cue the theme song. 
watching them for years It's always been something that fit With all the animated characters that's doing their own bits With a fry who's in the future and a family guy that sucks With a father from a Hilleberger family Showing spies is the same guy except he totally say f And diverse Let's watch cartoons that good <laughs> Yeah, that's bananas <laughs> As rough what the fuck is up, everybody? Welcome to Cartoons That Curse, the podcast about cartoons that say swear words, aka adult animated shows. I am your co-host, Johnny. I am here with my co-host, Tariq. Tariq, how are you? I'm all right, man. I'm just, uh, you know, as we talked about in the cold open, a little emotionally manipulated coming off the mm -hmm. coming off coming off last night. Uh, Steve. But it's okay. Steve, it's just Steve's fault, but it's okay. We chased the movie with a. Uh... <laughs> Why didn't I bring this up? We chased the movie with uh, the spy who shagged me, so I'm all right. Whoa, what a that is a double feature. <laughs> I I had to like it took me a second to process that double feature. <laughs> wow, we, um, amazing. Wow. Uh, well. I might try that double feature myself. I haven't seen nice. the Austin Powers movies in a long time. Oh, nice. Uh, but I watched uh, Gold Member like a couple months ago. That's like, nice. that's the one I grew up with. So like, I just, whenever The first I one I saw in the theaters was Spy Who Shagged Me and I was obsessed. And then, and then I remember seeing Gold Member also, which I also, I like them all. I like all of them. <laughs> it's but it's been years. It's been years <laughs> since I watched them. I need to watch them again. There's still that, um, whatever brand of stupid funny you think they are, they still are that because it's still, right. I, we were still laughing. It's still funny as fuck. Hell yeah. All right, cool. Good. A, a rounding, uh, rounding, a resounding, a resounding endorsement of still watching Austin Powers from Toon Riffic Tariq. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as you know, though, we are here to continue talking about Futurama's run on Comedy Central. Last time we talked about season 6A. If you're watching on Hulu, it is, I believe, listed as season 7. Uh, that's right, right? Yes, that's right. Yes. Season 7. This is listed as season 8, and it is technically Futurama 6, season 6B. Uh, this one's all jacked up. So if you're watching... On Hulu, the order they re they rearranged the order of the season ridiculously on Comedy Central, and Hulu is fucked up. And for some reason, a final season episode, Murder on the Planet Express, is listed in these episodes for no mm. reason. Um, they, I think, I don't know, I don't know how they messed that up. It's weird. It's listed as se season eight, episode eleven. So there's two things listed as eight eleven in this set. Murder on the Planet Express is coming in a couple episodes. We that's that's way down the line. Um, this is just more proof that you have to listen to us, yes, and not trust your streaming right. service. That's Watching correct. a damn cartoon in the wrong order. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, as I did last week, I do have all of my reviews that I found from actively watching these. You know. 11 years ago when yeah, i was man. 21 i believe uh i uh, rereading some of them i am i am baffled uh that i could have ever said any of these things um so yeah we'll uh we'll see we'll see how it goes i'm gonna laugh at myself a lot for these reviews um 
Now, the season started, it was aired, they aired it initially starting with the episode Newtopia. I think because they wanted to be yeah, like the, the Comedy Central, like, yo, yeah, back the raunchiest one. <laughs> but the actual episode that started the season that they produced is Silence of the Clamps. So we're going to talk about Silence of the Clamps. Uh, I will read my review for Silence of the Clamps, which I believe came like much later in the season airing wise. So sometimes in these reviews, I refer to like. Oh, that's like so far in the season. This is the best, and this order is going to be all wrong or whatever. So let's let's my silence of the claps one, clamps one is a long, a long review. Okay, <laughs> so what you go. got to say about silence of the damn clamps? <laughs> I said I thought the first act could have been better, but everything was uphill from there. Some great and subtle references back to early Futurama, and some great scenes and animation on the moon. I'm a big fan of the robot mafia too, and there was some great mafia humor in this one. Personally, I didn't like the F-bombs until the perfectly placed John fucking Zoidberg, which was undoubtedly one of the funniest things ever to come out of Futurama. The last one was the last one was unnecessary, though. <laughs> I don't expect much more bleep comedy in Futurama after this, but I really enjoyed the plot. Five stars. <laughs> um, I uh, I'm not far off from this, honestly. Okay. Like I do. I. I've grown to like the F-bombs in this because it's a mafia episode. That was their that was their idea, I think. Like, oh, we're doing our mafia episode. We're going to throw some fucks in there. And I, I think do... my only question was like, is there like a version where it's not bleeped? No, the DVD has it bleeped too. It's purposely okay. bleeped. Right. Um, and I think it's funnier that way. Uh, I like, at first I was like, oh, weird that there's F-bombs. Mm. I remember when I first watched it, but... Uh, I do really think that John fucking Zoidberg is like an it incredible moment. It is, it is very funny. funny. Um, but there are some other good things I like about this. So let's just go from the beginning. Uh, I, ta- I talked about a lot in my old review from well, what what was this from? Let's see. From uh, July 15th, 2011, <laughs> when I reviewed this <laughs> back in the day. Um, my first note just says snitch juice. I think the term snitch juice is so funny. They're referring snitch to juices, yeah. <laughs> yeah, blood <laughs> snitch juice. Um, I liked, and I do like mafia, the mof, robot mafia focused ones. Like I think having another one focused on them was good. And then also I like that they had these little callbacks to in the wild green yonder. We still, we saw Fanny for the first time since into the wild green yonder, um, which was funny to me. Uh, but I think one of my biggest laughs at the wedding sequence is Calculon doing his song. And he walks up and he's just like, this night's all about you, folks. It's all about you. And then his song is like, who's that singing at your wedding? It's Calculon. <laughs> <laughs> Super funny. I really like that bit. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what do you what do you think about this episode, Tariq? Uh, uh I thought this one was all right. I thought this one was all right. Like, it did, it did a lot of stuff that I liked. It just wasn't like a blew me away or like was like relentlessly like hilarious. But right. it did do a lot of stuff that I liked and it did make me laugh. You know, it was just kind of like a it was kind of like a regular one to me. Um, yeah, it did remind me of something that we were talking about before, and the last one when I said that a line like. Um, what 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 did what did uh what did Bender say to Hermes? It was something along the lines of like, 
uh, when I say kill all humans, I'm not talking to you or something along those lines. Yes. Yes. It's, uh, and whenever I said, whenever I said kill all humans, I always quietly said, except for one. (laughs) (laughs) Fryer was that one. What did he say to Hermes though? I think what Bender said to Hermes in Lethal Inspection was, well, first Hermes says to him, which I love is, uh, you're you're Bender, and that's something Inspector Five will never be. Right. Um, but then, oh man, what does he say to to? He says to something. He that says we something were like, like death to humans, oh, except for you, of course, <laughs> like something like that. Right, and yeah. we were like, we were saying about how that's like a like in the context of the show, like it's like that's just a, that's like a really sweet line coming from that character because of like how they built them up. Yes, but, totally. Like outside looking in, it's just kind of silly. And I was saying that to say, like, there's a moment like that in this episode after Bender is like uh, leaving to go in the witness protection. <laughs> even but but after that, like when they when they when they meet Buddy on the uh, on the moon and he's he says, "I love all humans," and it's like pain in Fry's face. Like, <laughs> 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 I love so you don't want to kill That's all great. humans? He's like, "No, nah, I love all humans." <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, I like, I mean, this is obviously the most clamps we've ever gotten in any episode Yeah, yeah and I sure. find him really funny. And I also like, there's some really funny robot mafia lines. Like there's a, there's one part where, where clamps is like, he wants to clamp someone. He's like, he's like, and then, and, and yeah. robot and the robot mob or the ro- the Don bot just goes, no clamps no clamps <laughs> like, <laughs> like no comma clamps no clamps <laughs> really no funny. money down <laughs> yes yeah exactly <laughs> you ever um, think about how wild it is that there's like two sets of mafias in these might bring cartoons like yeah kind of the same thing twice it's true uh and then this is maurice lamarche doing this is maurice lamarche doing the don bot i believe is he not normally the Don Bot, or has he always been? No, no, no. I think he normally is, but uh, okay. but Fat Tony is obviously Joe Montana, the great, uh, the great Joe Montana. Who yeah, I have man. I ever told my Joe Montana story? On you here? have a Joe Montana story? Yeah, because he's a first of all, he's a Chicago guy, um, and he lives out here, and he owned a restaurant here called Taste Chicago, where they just serve Chicago dishes, Chicago hot dogs, Italian beef, deep dish pizza, that kind of stuff. It all closed right. down within the last couple of years, but. It was great. Uh, and I went in there once and lo and behold, dude's there. <laughs> He's just at nice. the restaurant and he was about to leave. And I really wanted to just say something and just like, just like give him props. Cause I love fat Tony and I'm a big fan. Um, but as he was about to leave, another couple of people kind of stopped him and they had a whole conversation while I was like waiting in line mm. and I didn't want to stop him a second time. Yeah, and I think he could kind of tell that I was like looking over and listening in and like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I think he could kind of tell. And so I didn't stop him, but he stopped the conversation. And then on his way out the door, he like looked me right in the eye and shot me a wink and, and booked it out the door. <laughs> and it was nice. great. It was really great. It nice. was a, a moment I cherish. <laughs> it was really cool. Um, and it's also funny. He's like a, a month. He's a real Italian guy. And like, I look at him and I'm like, that guy could be my uncle. Cause I got a lot of like, he looks like my, my Italian family on my dad's <laughs> side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, Oh man. I can't remember if I've if I've talked about it on the podcast before, but have I ever um 
Have I ever told you about Nikki Deuce? Hmm. Oh, not shit. Really Are you serious? <laughs> uh, They're going to hate us because we're not talking about Futurama. <laughs> All right. So real quick, I promise this won't be long. There is a Nickelodeon movie uh, starring one of the kids oh. from my Carly. The homie Gibby. You may have brought this up before. Okay. It's called Nikki Deuce, and most <laughs> of the cast of The Sopranos is in it. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. <laughs> Go look at the Man. cast. It's like, it's, it's practically everybody, bro. It's so funny. <laughs> They're all there. It's just a mafia kids movie. This kid finds his way into the mafia. <laughs> It's just Nikki Deuce, <laughs> Deuce. All, all of these dudes. It's yeah, but so you know funny. what did it better? Uh, Bartha Murderer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, that's a great fucking episode of The Simpsons, it is a great man. Episode. I love that episode. Um, all right, let's get back to let's get back yeah, to yeah, science yeah, with yeah, clamps. Yeah. Um, I laughed pretty hard at like, I liked uh, like clamps is like trying to get some info out of Fry, like trying to figure out where like where Bender where Bender is, and he like asks him kind of pointedly, and and Fry's just like, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and then I like him saying, hey, want to come to my house and play? <laughs> <laughs> to, to clamps that's great real earnest um and i really like the zoidberg clamps rivalry i think that's a funny like i think that's just a funny angle to take here is like oh clamps can do what the one thing that zoidberg can do and so he's got this like he really hates him for yeah, it yeah 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 do um, they is there like a scene earlier in the episode maybe i missed it but is there a scene earlier in the episode that like shows zoiberg like being useful in that way or does he just earlier in the show no i think they're just kind of like i think they're just kind of like there is one early in the episode where they where they like they show what clamps can do and then and these and then zoiberg's just like well you can't like can't snip as good as as my claws or whatever like he does say Mm. it in this episode but i don't think it's like a thing in the show i didn't i didn't i didn't i didn't think it was a thing in this show but i thought like I think I think with stuff like that, I think I'm used to like maybe the opening scene is setting like, it up, yeah, like ben, showing like yeah. like Zoidberg cut it literally. Cutting it's possible that it did, and then I just didn't even think about it when it happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, yeah, that's um, why I, I'm like, damn, maybe I missed it or something. I I want to I want to blame him. Yeah, for it. I uh, I laugh really hard when Zoidberg. Goes, where did you get those magnificent squeezers? And Clamps goes, squeezers, squeezers. And he like it's so <laughs> mad that he called the Clamps squeezers. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> there, I, there's like, there are some. I don't know. There's just some good character stuff, like the Zoidberg and Clamps mm-hmm. stuff. A lot of it makes me laugh really hard in this episode. Um, yeah, I, I like that. I like the. Uh, I like Bender when he's like saying goodbye to everybody and he just says Zoiberg I know sometimes it seems like I couldn't stand you and then that's it <laughs> then he, he just walks yeah. he just moves on he the just keeps going. <laughs> yeah the goodbyes are really funny yeah yeah um I like them I like them going to the moon again like we get all these characters who like are coming back too. from the second episode of the show the series has mm-hmm. landed you you get the the crushinator which is really funny too because like like they were so mad at Bender for like sleeping with the crushinator like like the, the dad like chased him out with the gun no, in that episode he, isn't that i think 
it wasn't the crushinator. He slept with the other daughter. And the fry was like, you, you slept with the crushinator? He's like, nah, a lady like that, you got a romance. Oh, you're right. First. You're right. You're right. Yeah, and a lady he does like that. romance her. And then at the end, and then, and then like literally they get away because the crushinator's like, no, pa, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But it was funny to like, bring that back where you have this 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 fake bender billy west or whatever billy west uh he's, uh, i thought that that was that's silly that's still that's the right amount of silly, silly. it's the very right amount of silly, silly. It's funny. <laughs> um fry's like what kind of dumbass made up name yeah is that? <laughs> what a phony dumb made up name um but i don't know i just think it's funny like he looks exactly like Bender and yet now he's like a part of the family <laughs> and like with the last time we saw them they were like chasing him off chasing him <laughs> off with a gun um but uh yeah it's funny although I then one of my other big laughs is once they see him on the moon they see Billy West not the real the real Bender right. um and then Clamps like talks to the Don bot and he goes, I knew Bender would turn up purely by coincidence. <laughs> that's, like, that's that's funny. And, and that is like it almost is calling out that like it's almost calling out that plot point where they're like, oh, shit, this is just a coincidence. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we didn't actually find Bender. Um, uh, dude, there's a there's another joke that's kind of like that with, with Calculon when they're at the trial. Well, first of all, at that trial, why? Why are Fry and them there exactly? Like watching to where in the trial when uh, uh after when Bender snitches on uh on Don. Oh yeah, I don't know. Probably just for convenience. Yeah, for convenience, <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> I figured that. Um, yeah, and then but like Calculon comes in, he's like, "Nah, man, he didn't shoot me." And they say, "Wait, who's that?" Because he had like the mafia guy behind him. He said, "That's my personal trainer." And he trained me to say that my injuries were self-inflicted. <laughs> That's a good joke. That's really funny. What's his his name is um Joey Mousepad. Because <laughs> he's nice. got a mouse pad around he's got a mouse pad around his neck. Joey Mousepad. <laughs> oh man. Uh we already talked about John fucking Zoidberg. That makes me laugh a lot with the bleeps. Mm-hmm. Um but the other line that cracks me up is after their fight. I I laugh really hard when they're like, Zoidberg, why did you do that to Francis? And he goes, because our friend Francis here is in reality a bad murderer. <laughs> I, love, I love the term bad murderer. Bad murderer. <laughs> uh, it's really good. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I, maybe I like this one a bit more than you. I, this one makes me yeah. laugh a lot. I think this is a really funny episode. Like... Uh, and mostly for like the Zoidberg and Clamps stuff, like they they really make it for me. Uh, premise itself, fine, you know. Like I feel like we've I feel like we've done things like this where we've had characters have to testify against bad people, like in uh, Insane in the Mainframe, you know, like <laughs> and. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, like, there's things about, but it is like, I guess they've never done it in the context of the mafia where you have to, like, go into witness protection or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it is weird that Bender's just not there the whole time. Like, it's fake Bender. And then at the end, he's like, oh, here's real Bender. Yeah. <laughs> they, that's a, they killed this poor man that had a fucking family. I like, know. Just, just minding his business on, on, fuck, on the fucking moon, bro. Like, he had everything. He was I fine. Know. Like, 
Poor guy. Poor Billy West. Poor Billy West. Poor Billy West. Um, cool. Should we move on? Silence the clamps. Over. Yeah, let's, do it. let's go to. All right, let's do it. Moving on to Mobius Dick, which like Mobius aired really Dick. in the middle in the middle of the season. Um, let's see here. What did I have to say about this? Uh, not much to complain about here. The first act was hilarious with some amazing professor moments. The animation was gorgeous. I really enjoyed this one all around. I was really generous to this chunk of episodes back then. Uh, I gave it five stars. Uh, don't don't agree with that. But um, and then uh, yeah, it's uh, I do like this episode. This one's an interesting I episode. Um, I I like seeing this early history of the Planet Express. I guess they had to like really fill, they had to like kind of move some stuff around because, not move some stuff around, but like really clarify because we knew that the crew before our crew uh, died at the Space Bees place, right? Like they they all got killed by Space Bees. Um, So this is his first crew and allegedly this is like the one that we have is the third crew. Right. Um, and that's what that, that line that, uh, I forget who says that who says it but it's like professor like we knew you had a last crew but we didn't know you had a first crew yeah yeah we knew you had <laughs> other crews but you never told us you had a first crew that's right I wrote that one down too that's a really funny joke um, but I loved like just seeing the history of Planet Express is interesting and then also just like the fact that we like we know Zoidberg's been there the whole time. And so seeing seeing mm. Zoidberg back then and seeing how he was like actually super popular is really funny to me. <laughs> like I laugh really mm. hard at the other captain being like, You totally got me, Dr. John. You're hilarious. <laughs> That's <laughs> so funny to me. Someone being that kind to yeah. Zoidberg. <laughs> um who is it? I think it's Amy. She says Zoidberg had friends and he's like, it was a different time. Yeah, yeah, it was a different time. <laughs> I like and what I what I think is really interesting is this is if aired in order, this is a really interesting sense of continuity because this is kind of what establishes that Professor and Zoiberg have been friends this whole time, like for a long time. Like yes. not, we knew they and there's knew two each episodes other about show. that in this season. Yeah, and this one comes first. So this one yes. like establishes that and then like the next one just tells you where they met right which i'm actually let me double check that i'm wondering if that was something they reversed in the airing order or not uh let's look that's gross if they did um no they didn't it was still in this order okay that's cool but they are still like they came much later in the in the uh in the broadcast order wow the last chunk of like i'm just looking at the like review percentages on got futrama because they they like amalgamate they basically do the rotten tomatoes thing where they give a percentage based on the number of reviews that are or like based on the review scores and like the last run of this season or broadcast wise is like all pretty positive people really like tip of the zoidberg uh they like fry the egg, fry him the Eggman more than I. We will go over them. <laughs> uh, oh, dude! It's interesting. Oh, yeah. Okay, we'll get there. All right. <laughs> um. All right. So, yeah, but it is interesting to see see this early in the Planet Express's lifespan, and then later, yes, and later in Tip of the Zoidberg, we really see even sooner with the Professor and Zoidberg's relationship, and that is like. 
some of the most in depth we dive with their their friendship and their relationship, um, mm-hmm. which is interesting. It's like I, I never really thought about it before they did it here, even though like he's all he, like as far as we know, he was just always at Planet Express, you know, um, right. it's interesting. It's interesting that they like really dive into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I don't want to. Cause I feel like what I, what I was about to say would probably be better if I said it while we were talking about tip of the Zoyberg. Tip of the Zoyberg. So yeah. So I'm going to say what I was about to say. We're only yeah, three episodes away from it. So we can, we can wait for that. Yeah. 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 We'll get there. I cool. do agree though. I do think it's cool that they did this. Uh, one thing about, uh, okay. Well, okay. I have two things to say. Uh, one that piggybacks off what we were just talking about and another one that like, I feel like we could have a conversation about, but they, when professor's describing the first crew and he gets to the captain and he's just like a young man with no characteristics, a dedicated <laughs> young man with no characteristics. And that's really like, I love that because it's so indicative of like main character syndrome. Like yeah. a lot of like main characters are kind of like almost a little too blanket, like blink. And, yeah, and I, I, I get like you. That he, that he like, yeah. treats his uh, Capt- captain. Like Captain, that. Captain Everyman, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but one thing I did want to say about this one is that, like, now, because I, I wanted to bring it up because I was wondering how you felt, especially after watching it now. But, like, I feel like I think that I do get Leela's motivations, but I think that she might go a little like they push it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like I think yes. they push it. Uh, you said it kinder than I much. did in my notes. My in my notes I put Leela is nuts in this one. <laughs> yeah. They push it. Like I thought it was just me because I because that's and I think about that too, because that's like a story thing. Like a lot of shows do that. Where like they would just for one episode, they're like, well, let's really push this part to show that they're yeah. really like on the opposite end. And I think that sometimes that fucks around and like does a disservice to the character. I agree. And I think this chunk of episodes in particular, and there's one episode coming up in the next set, are the are they they don't do they do Leela kind of dirty and this one mm. this one it's like at least funny like you know what I mean like it's like okay it she's she goes she goes a little nuts but it's like it's playing off of the you know the the Moby Dick thing where someone gets obsessed with finding that finding the whale you know what I mean like so like yeah, clearly right, it's exactly. based yeah. on it's at least a parody of something yeah um so like you can at least justify it in that oh they're doing the Moby Dick thing and right. like and in that's order the to point. do the Moby Dick thing they gotta make her yeah you know, they gotta push her somehow you know and she does go a little her. far but like there are some I think there are some worse culprits later my worst my least favorite episode of the whole show I think makes her feel seem kind of shitty in the end and then also like that's, is that that's this one right the one yeah it's, I'm in this one. Of? it's coming up we'll talk about okay, it it's the one I'm and thinking then of. um. And then I really don't, yeah. And then I don't really like how they treat her in like in Fry and the Eggman either. She's like, uh, I don't know. She just like they they do things to her in the name of like comedy that make her less likable. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And that bums me out um, because it doesn't feel like things, and it also just feels like them. You know, 
we talked about this in the last run, them trying to kind of have their cake and eat it too with the Fry Leela relationship thing. It's where if if it's ever annoying, it's in this run. This run, I it think it is absolutely the most annoying. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I will say though, it feels like outside of one episode in the next set that really bothers me in that regard. It feels like after Overclockwise, where they have that nice moment, it seems like in the last two, they're pretty firmly together like they don't it's not like overt all the time but it's like they don't do the same kind of stuff you know uh Mm -hmm. that they've done in this run that really annoys me (laughs) um but yeah we'll get there (laughs) sorry uh because we we're gonna talk about the episode later but Man, did that there's a scene in Overclockwise that pissed me off because I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I will talk about it. We'll talk about it. I, um, cool, cool. We'll talk about it for sure. Right. Um, okay, so let's talk about some stuff I do. I really liked in this one. There's some jokes um, that la- that made me laugh a lot. Like, well, first of all, good visual stuff when they go through the Bermuda tetrahedron or whatever, and they find when they find like the graveyard of all ships. There's so many ships from just sci-fi TV and movie mm. history in there. There's a ton of good like Easter eggs. Uh, I laughed really hard. <laughs> this, I don't think I've ever thought about this joke before, but I laughed really hard when Amy goes, what could have caused all that damage? Could it have been flavor blasted? <laughs> like, <laughs> is that just a reference to goldfish <laughs> flavor blasted yeah, goldfish? So. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny. They do I feel a like joke, that's a, uh, uh, I feel like that's a joke. Like, were they just like eating flavor blasted goldfish in the writer's room? And they were like, all right, let's put this in the show. (laughs) Oh man. They do a, uh, they do a joke in this episode that like, I don't know if it's, it's that it was, it's a thinker. Cause it took me like 10 to 15 seconds to get it. (laughs) But when Bender is like looking uh, for the whale, and then he says it's exhaling, and then she said, "Use pirate talk." He says, "Dara, she blows." I was like, "Like, oh, exhaling? That's funny." That is a good joke. That is a really good joke. Wow, that's thinker. great. Um, yeah, that's good. I, like, oh, I liked. Uh, I liked what I think this is another Amy one where she goes. She's like talks. She she wants to harpoon it because she's hunted giraffes. And she goes, giraffes are basically just land space whales. <laughs> that is, that's so stupid. That is such a dumb joke. Um, there is um, there's a sight gag in this episode that killed me, and like it like, and I had to like rewind it to make sure I was laughing at the right thing, and I definitely was, and I think it's so funny. It's um. They uh they hook the whale and then it like it like keeps going. And um so it's like speeding up the the ship and everything like that, and the whole crew gets thrown back, and then like it's like Bender, Amy, Hermes, they all like kind of land on each other like a sandwich. But Bender yeah. goes first, but then he also comes in last. It's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> it's like he lands and then everybody else comes. And then here comes Bender at the end. And he's like the, the cherry on top. It's so funny. That's super funny. Um, the All the stuff with the space whales like on a conceptual sci-fi level is really cool. Granted, space whales do come up in sci-fi a lot. It's not like an original idea here. Um I know I've seen them in Doctor Who. They've been in their Star Wars show, Star Wars Rebels. Like space whales 
are and they're not like an original idea, but they are mm-hmm. always pretty cool. <laughs> Whales who swim through space, that's pretty cool. Pretty um, that's not space. I was going to say Fantasia 2000. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. I like how trippy it gets, though, when like time starts getting messed with. That sequence oh, yeah, is cool. really cool. That's and then the way cool. they do the like the forwards and backwards speak is pretty interesting. Um, I laughed pretty hard when Fry said, like that Bible guy who got swallowed by the whale, Pinocchio. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh I like yeah. that. Uh, even though, even though it wouldn't make sense for them to change it, I do like the constant of like Fry's like slang and vocabulary being directly based in 1999, and like right. not being able to go a step further because he's still. <laughs> this episode came out in like 2011. He's still like, uh, yeah. He's still like, yo, man. He said, "What he say to Leela?" He says that she's showing symptoms of illness. <laughs> nobody nobody is talking like that that's so funny that's like one of my favorite jokes from early on where like oh it's from roswell that en- ends well when yeah. yo, when Holmes. they're in the 40s yeah yeah yo Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> all the fries for around this time we'll talk like him what, yo, is he, Holmes. Uh, what is what does he say uh oh no that's not fried that's yancy <laughs> when they're uh looking at fryers when uh Stop it. When it breaks in, stop Ellen. Word. Word. Great Tom Kenny performance there. Love it. I, oh, for, I always forget that that's uh that's Tom Kenny. Quick quick aside, just about bringing up people like Tom Kenny. I've been watching the Boondocks recently for obvious reasons. And the funniest thing about the Boondocks. I know you like you saying you wanted to watch it eventually too, but like yeah. when you when you do watch it, the funniest thing about the Boondocks is that it creates a space for like all of the white voice actors that we grew up seeing in cartoons to like say the most racist fouls. <laughs> it's the front like what are they making these people say? <laughs> right, it is so Tom funny. Kenny say that stuff, right? Tom Kenny, Adam West, uh, for everybody, bro, like. Rob Paulson, like Rob, like everybody. Oh man, that's crazy! <laughs> it's wow. Sick. Oh man, it's sick. Wait, um, bringing up Tom Kenny made me think of that. <laughs> love Tom Kenny. He's he's not he does like a good handful of side characters in this. Uh, my favorite Yancey is great, but he's like also Abner Double Deal, the like the guy who runs. He like in this in this season, he's the one. He's like producing Leela's tv show or whatever oh yeah buddy yeah yeah Yeah. um he's just gotta be in everything he's got the best damn voice uh yeah he's one of the only people still where like he could show up in something and i could go i don't think i heard that voice yet right right. i I don't think i've heard him do that voice yet you know like it's still he could still come up with a new one yeah and yeah you can like you kind of oh yeah i think that's tom kenny but he's doing a new thing you know (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um it's great uh I liked though like so they they obviously they they fly the whale back or whatever. Um there's a good gag there that I don't know if you caught but one of the guys who walks out is the doctor from Doctor Who. He's uh the one with the mm-hmm. long colorful scarf who walks out. He's the only one who's not part of like either of the crews and he's just there. <laughs> and uh <laughs> the thing about the doctor is the doctor um 
regenerates faces. That's they keep recasting the character, but it's the same character. So like the point, like they literally have a sequence in every iteration of Doctor Who where the character goes through this transformation and turns into the new actor, um, which is actually kind of dope, which means like there's like the history of Doctor Who is all one continuous thing from 1963 Mm. to now, which is dope. That's one of the reasons I love that show. But this is. Uh, I I would say arguably the most famous doctor in history. The guy was Tom Baker, who was the fourth doctor. You maybe could argue that David Tennant has surpassed him in fame now, but he's the guy who for years was like, he did it for like the longest and the most of the reruns that aired in the US were like, mm-hmm. that's like he became really popular for it. So um, it was good to see. And I think he's actually in one more gag this season too. Um, but yeah, I thought that was funny. And then I laughed really hard that Hermes limbos out of the, of the whale. <laughs> Did you notice that? <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> Any chance that Hermes has to limbo is really funny. Um, and we I talked laughed about, we talked about like the season kind of like giving Leela, uh, a little, like the short end of the stick. And I kind of think they start to do that to Hermes here. Really? Yeah. Because Hermes was funny for a multitude of reasons in the original. And they're doing a lot of weed shit now. <laughs> it's just weed. Like, mm-hmm. the first, it was like, ah, oh, that's funny, Hermes smokes weed. Like, but like, it's, I think it's like once an episode, bro. Like, I, I don't they even do think I'm exaggerating. They do it a lot more. They definitely yeah. do it a lot more. There are some really good jokes they about are, it. But- <laughs> yeah, but you're right. It is, it, it's a little bit of a micro-flanderization, you know? It's Because it's mm-hmm. not like it's his... It's not like it's his whole personality, but they do do it almost every episode. All yeah, it's sudden. almost yeah. his only. It's not his whole personality, but it's like his own his only joke now. Right, which is right. again like that's not. Yeah, and like Hermes the jokes about funny. him being like overly organized and bureaucratic was like mostly yeah. his thing before. Yeah, right. Or like even just kind of like being the the straight man in a lot of the the situations, or like right. not caring about th- like the. Uh, when they all when they all like come out of the box and then he's like Hermes don't press the button and he's just like mm. okay <laughs> so good <laughs> so funny oh man um this also though like I feel like this and we'll talk about it a little bit with Tip of the Zoidberg it kind of begs the question is like our perception of Zoidberg really just primarily through his relationship to these characters in that like are all these characters really shitty people and treat Zoidberg who's the best of them really bad because we see it because we see him like we see him in the past and they all love him and like even at the end of the episode the woman's like so Dr. John are we gonna pick up where we left off it's like oh he used to get laid too and he's still smooth like he's still like like, yeah Yeah. you feel we could do that like he's yeah, yeah um, man. I, I started to um it's in it's in a couple episodes again, but the tip of the Zoyberg is like that's when I it's fascinating because for lack of better words, he's a person in that. Like he's yes. not like a joke. Like they, like he's having actual conversations with people. Yeah. And like there's no gags and he's competent. Like it's and it's so fascinating to watch. Like I love that yeah. version of the character. And then, like, I mean, I guess, though, but they also kind of had the history of him with, um, with like, his home people, like, Dakapodians. Like, he was he was kind of embarrassing to them, too, right? So, yeah. like, 
I don't know. I guess he like he went through that and then he was like and then he just had this whole phase here in the middle where he was smooth and cool and loved. And then and then he, and then all these new people came in and they hated it. The way I see it, it the way it could have it could have played out like this. Zoeberg probably could have been trash on his home planet, left, came to Earth and was like, all right, here's the time to reinvent myself and became cool as fuck. And then somewhere along the line, he became lame over here, too. Right, right. For so sure. And it's just now he can't go anywhere. <laughs> so interesting. But like that is the other thing, though, is like even though he's lame and pathetic a lot in the show, he is still always the kindest, nicest yeah, one of them. Objectively the uh, nicest person. Yeah. And yeah, we'll get to we'll get to more about him because they do they do him they 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 treat him well in the back end of the show, which I love. Um, so I've heard. Yeah. I didn't know any of that stuff until uh, you started to do videos on it. Really, you hadn't even seen that. You hadn't seen Stench and Stenchability. No. Oh, no. bro, you're, it's like, a good app. <laughs> honestly, honestly, like I I think about that sometimes because I'm like, man, what would what would my reaction be? If I had not watched that video that you did, right. and like I just would, I'm like, what the fuck? They would they gave this sweet ending to Zoyberg, yeah. and I just never knew it would have fucked me up. <laughs> it is good, man. Like I really think their last run, their last like chunk of episodes in their final set is like they end strong with like four or five episodes that I really like in a row for for totally different reasons too, which is I think kind of the best thing about it. Um, all right. Should we, uh, you want to move on? You got any other thoughts about Mobius Dick? No, we can move on. Hell yeah. This is Law and Oracle written, written, written by Josh Weinstein. Um, great app. Uh, this is like a beloved, seemingly beloved app by the fan base on gotfutrauma.com. I like, I remember looking at this and being like, wow, this has a really, like it has a 91% approval rating on, which is like, I like this episode. I never quite understood why it was so high. In this, and granted, this is like a small subject subsection of Futurama fans. It's not like this is the 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 These like sites. fan base is like Garrett. Like this is yeah, not exactly what the fan base thinks entirely. It's like the ones who care enough to go to this specific website and talk about it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, let me okay. But my review for this one is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> so let me read you this one. Uh, says. The beginning was paced a bit quickly, but I laughed a lot in the second two acts. I will watch again when less drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know. I guess I I guess in July 2011, July 8th, 2011, I was I was was fucking drunk. That was was, that was a few months after my 21st birthday. So, you know, it makes sense. Get fucking wrecked, bro. (laughs) Um, I gave it four out of five. I will I will say there's not many of these that I remember watching when they aired, but this is one of them. Is it really? I remember this and I remember the next one. I remember when both of the when both of those aired. I do. Nice. So it was nice. It was nice to uh to see this and be like because as soon as it started and like they were doing that dumbass reenactment of the first episode. The, yeah. Yeah. And like I was like, ah, I fucking remember this. And yep. like Sick, the crazy ass uh, prank called Defrosted Wang. Like, crazy. <laughs> Defrosted crazy. Wang. I know. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. Um, 
And then it's just the guys that unfroze him. And he's like, come on, bro. Leave me alone. Yeah, they're just messing with him. Those guys, <laughs> those fucking guys. Um, who they've like, who he like worked with later, you know, like <laughs> he's mm-hmm. like, he's got a whole history with those guys. Um, I just wrote, I love Roberto. Bring in Roberto for any of this stuff is great. Uh, and that was, and he all, you know, making him be the, like the de facto criminal who, when they want to do cop stuff is fun. Um, the one note that I wrote that kind of like made me a little sad is like, this could have been a pretty interesting opportunity to bring back Brittany Murphy's character, who was the chief of police in Beast of the Billion Backs. Um, but she, but she passed, she passed before this episode had come out. I think I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm yes, that is true. And, um, and yeah, I don't know. That could have been a whole other interesting angle or even just like I wish they had maybe even just had a line acknowledging her in some way, because I know they mm. had like they had their their police chief who had her gimmick, you know, <laughs> which was just his own thing. Uh, Damn. When she goes to the bathroom, you think she bought to go drop a shit because she <laughs> said she bought to go drop a big one and she comes out with a fucking baby. I know, that's insane. Damn. Are you that's insane. shitting me? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I noticed the sight gag that I never noticed before in this one, mm. uh, and that is that um, there's a bit when they look, they go to the police station for the first time, and right big on the wall, there's a big flyer that's like a wanted sign, and there's a couple of people there, and if you look closely, that couple is just walking right past the sign <laughs> as it's like <laughs> as it's there. I never noticed that before. That's funny. I like that. Um, there's, I like. Uh, sorry, go ahead. There's, there's that really great bit when Fry decides that he wants to be a cop and he goes to talk to Buddy and he's like, uh, so you think you could just walk in here with no pants and demand to be a cop? <laughs> right. I like you, kid. <laughs> I'm not wearing any pants either. So yeah, I, can see yeah, that. I can see that. You're quite a great deal taller than me. It's so funny. It's really good. It's really I good. It's so funny. Um, I think there's some really good jokes when he's doing the police academy stuff, like doing the literal police academy bit with uh, the like sound effects 5000 bot, which is like, what's the actor's name who does the sound effects in police academy? Um, uh, have you never seen police academy? No. <laughs> oh, dude. Okay. So you probably don't, you didn't probably didn't even get this joke. Yeah. Michael Winslow. Michael Winslow is in police academy and he does all of these like, sound effects with his voice and it's part of his Mm. gimmick in those movies uh and so this one they have a literal robot who's a sound effects robot and he starts doing them and then fry's like wow that would be really impressive if you were a human (laughs) like that's the joke there (laughs) now i get that joke okay yeah i haven't Um, seen police academy i've seen uh most of police story (laughs) but i haven't the uh the jackie chans yeah (laughs) i've never seen those but i've heard they're great um (laughs) I will. I'm going to watch those at some point. There's a Criterion two pack of the first two. Nice. Um, But I also laughed at Earl URL the other the robot cop, like like talking sad, being sad about Schmitty. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And (laughs) and he's really sad about Schmitty. He's like. And just to think, he was just a few days away from retirement. He's like, oh, man, what happened to him? He took an early retirement. <laughs> <laughs> Great Love bit. Um, I like the Tron sequence. I think the Tron sequence is really cool with the light bikes. Uh, mm. There's some just like good 
this is like there's a lot of good sequences throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the way that they uh, that they solve the murders, the way that the police do investigations is really it's like silly, but it's also like very it's cool. Like it's like cool to like that they can like they got the oracle and they go through these things and like zoom right. in and like pinch and like play videos. Right, which is like it's all a minority report parody, right? Like, have you seen Minority oh, yeah, Report? Yeah. I have not, I, but I do know that it is. I don't know if I ever have. And I kept thinking, like, because, like, I hear one of my notes. One of my notes was, oh, the act of trying to stop Bender and predict what he was going to do caused him to actually plan the heist and go mm-hmm. through with the crime. And and then I just wrote, wait, is this is that what the point of Minority Report is? Like, is that what the movie's about? <laughs> like, is that what the whole mess? I don't know. I got I got to watch the movie. It's a Spielberg, right? I think that's supposed to be a great. I'm movie. <laughs> pretty sure that's Spielberg. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Yep, Spielberg sure. with uh, with Tom Cruise. Um, so my fit well to to keep putting film knowledge to use uh, when when. Uh, the sort of thing that Bender steals in this episode is the Maltese liquor. Yeah. But it just it just made me want to watch the Maltese Falcon. Because <laughs> I fuck with the Maltese. That's a little known thing about me. I fuck with the Maltese Falcon. I had to watch that shit in college. And like, <laughs> that movie is like, it's not even really that wild. But like, the, everybody is just kind of on 10, especially like at the end of the, at the uh the end of the movie with the right. like the Falcon and they were all like, give me that shit. And it's a big argument. I love it. I fought with the Maltese Falcon. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, there's some really funny bits in this whole last, like, even though I was kind of like, Oh, it's just, like just turned into a minority report thing. There are some really funny bits. Like I, I love the joke when, when they, when they bring Fry in and they're like, this is how we predict who's going to, like who's going to do do the crimes uh and and fry goes only horoscopes can predict the future <laughs> that's a great <laughs> joke um i like when they're showing all the balls and what they mean and one of them is like polka dot and he goes that's for clown slaughter it happens way more often than you think <laughs> um i like and that th- um when bender uh when bender's about to commit the crime and the way the way that fry gets him to stop he says, Bender, stop. The future is trying to make a chump out of you. And that he <laughs> he knows Bender enough that that is enough to set him off. He's like, ain't nobody going to do that shit. Right. <laughs> that's all you right. got to say. Um, yeah, that's a good bit. Uh, I love um, the uh, when the when the Oracle at the end is like uh, is like explaining his plan and why he's just like hates existing. Uh, he's just like, he's like, like, do you know what it's like to know the future, to know the punchline of every joke hours before it happens? And then he goes like watching Leno, <laughs> which yeah, <laughs> love, love it. Any, any little Leno jab. <laughs> um, and then I liked when, uh, when Fry, how Fry figured it out is that like the, the future showed Bender sharing the liquor and he just goes, Bender would never share. And Bender goes, That's the true. very idea. <laughs> the very idea. <laughs> so, so good. Um, okay. In that same part, Fry's like, so we, uh, so we put together this ruse based on an episode of Speed Buggy. 
And like, <laughs> I spent like 15 minutes on Google trying to figure trying out. Trying to figure this out which one. <laughs> I couldn't find out. Oh, it's, I love that. I don't know. Somebody please let me know if this is actually based on an episode of Speed Buggy or if you were just like talking <laughs> shit. Because I really want to know. And then I, uh, and then I love the last gag where like he goes back and they promote him to executive delivery boy. And there's like, executive is just a, it's just a phony credit that to make people feel more important. And then executive producers, Matt Groening and David X Cohen pop up on the screen. (laughs) I I didn't catch that. I I did not catch that. I caught, I just caught fried doing like, I feel good about myself now. Like I just caught that. I did not catch. Yep. <laughs> I did not catch that. That's funny. It's a, good, it's a great gag. I really like that. That's it. funny. I did not catch that. Wow. Yeah, good stuff. This is a funny episode. Like I I I this is like definitely I would say in the like hi, higher on my list of this season's episode. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I was always like I always felt like people reacted so like so positively to it. So I was like, oh, it's good. But like, man, people love this one. Oh um, wait, what did it come oh, out around? Um, what do you mean when? Like, what episodes what t- did this come out around? Let's look. That might have something to do with it. Did it come Let's out look. around like <laughs> Yo Lila Lila, some shit like that? No, like, it was it only it only that. aired it only aired fourth. It actually aired in the proper place. I think is this what four? did it come? What did oh it no, come this after? is three. Uh, it came after Ghost in the Machines and before oh. Silence of the Clamps. Yeah. The first three were Newtopia, Benderama, Ghost in the Machines, then Law and Oracle. So we haven't even touched the three that they aired first because they just dared this thing so out of order. It's okay. crazy. All right. So, um, yeah, I don't get it then. Because, you know, like if if this if this was like if this was like a week after like a piece of shit. Then everybody's yeah. like, oh, fuck. OK, thank God. The show's back. OK. And totally. then like I could see like a big reaction from that. It is a good one though. Like it is a good one. And honestly, and honestly, I do think the more I watch it and like even just talking through some of our favorite jokes, I was like, oh, this is a funny episode. Mm-hmm. This is a very funny episode. Um, good shit. You got anything else about uh, Law and Oracle? Law and Oracle? Uh, oh, uh, my last note is that um, if the cops have this kind of know-how, uh, how are their crimes in the future? Is this just a joke about how lazy the cops are? That there's right. like technology to tell the future <laughs> and they still won't fucking do right. anything. They still don't do it. They still can't get it right. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's true. Um, all right. Let's move on to Benderama, which aired. Mm-hmm. So they did the same thing. They actually looks like they did this all four of these runs on Comedy Central. They aired two the night that it aired, that it premiered. So, so the first two episodes they aired were Newtopia and then Benderama. Um, what did I have to say about Benderama on June 23rd, 2011? This is a top tier Futurama episode. Whoa. <laughs> Well-structured and full of hilarity. Loved it. Granted, it came after Newtopia. So like maybe okay. that really affected <laughs> the same night. Uh, I do like this episode, but no, not a top tier episode. There's only a couple this season that I would put in close to a top tier. Um, well, none that I would put in the top, top tier, but in like high tiers, there's a few. Um, so Benderama, this is this, what is fun about this is it's based around a real scientific like concept called the gray goo theory, uh, where it's like, you know, nanobots, if they, they become so small that they just 
they're so so small and so numerous that they just look like goo they just you know what i mean like just the way that bend all the tiny benders right, do yeah. um and the way they get there i think is really cool um i think i like the idea that he the professor's made this machine and he's like you just have to put matter in it and then it creates more of whatever you want it to and so uh the way bender combines it with him is really cool and uh yeah i like i really like this one conceptually on like the sci-fi side of things um, and I think there's some funny scenes with Bender and his like two littler versions of himself, like them dancing in the club, I think is cute. Um, yeah, there's some good jokes, like when they ask him to fold, they ask him to fold the sweater and he's like, do you see a robot in this room named Folder? And then the little <laughs> ones do the same thing. Um, yeah. And that's like, there's some good stuff in here. There's some good stuff. I True. mostly like it conceptually, not my favorite comedically there's some stretches that i think are very funny though um what do you think about this one benderama uh i think this one is okay i think uh i think it's a little too much bender for me in some ways it's well Uh, well there that's if there's ever going to be an episode that's too much bender it's the one that's a billion little benders (laughs) right exactly exactly this is another one that i say uh i remember i remember when it aired and if this aired the same night as the the other one, I guess I watched that too. I, I don't Utopia. remember watching. I I know I've seen that one before, but I also don't remember watching it. But like, I do remember watching this because it has a joke that I forgot about that I was obsessed with as a kid because I thought it was so funny. Yeah, and now I still think it is really funny. Not as funny as I thought it was as a kid, but. It like cracked my shit up. It's when they're all drunk. Yeah. <laughs> That's the stretch I think is the funniest is them all drunk. It's pretty funny. Yeah. They're just the city functioning while drunk is just pretty yeah. funny in general. But Hermes uh, goes to Zoyberg and he says, you want to see a picture of my boy? And you think it's like going to be a picture of like Dwight or something like that. He gives him a picture. And Zoyberg is like, uh, like, That's your penis. That's my boy. <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> yeah, one of my notes is just Hermes dick pic? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. Him a man. It's Him also a man. Like a, and it's also like a Polaroid. It's like, yeah. it's like a physical picture. It's a picture of Hermes' hammer. <laughs> Why does he have it at work? It's really funny. Um, I, there were some jokes. Like the first stretch, I th- like I like all the sci-fi stuff. The Patton Oswald as the big ugly dude. That's the thing, a part of this episode that maybe worked the least well for me. Um, mm. I feel really bad. I do feel bad for him, which I guess was the point. I and especially too. like later when everyone's drunk and they're just so mean to him. <laughs> Everyone is so fucking they're mean so, to him. They're so mean. To, and as a, Bender is like relentless to him when they first see him. Yeah. And like, I do, I do think that it's like, it's a very believable progression after what what fry says fry just like really meaning well but like he did just call his mom ugly yeah yeah for <laughs> so sure you probably inherited your looks from your mother and he's like what yeah. the fuck, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> um, um there's a oh man there's a sick joke before that uh where like they're like looking at all of the stuff that they have to give to him and it's like giant face cream and shit and then it's like a regular size condom this this poor man so mean (laughs) so mean 
there are some good this one has a few good Hermes moments he got the Hermes dick pic which is funny the first man witch joke in a while when, when the benders eat his man witch to use for matter we haven't had a man witch mm. joke in forever and that's a fun way to subvert it where he gets like it's used in the matter machine uh, and then, then also this has one of my favorite of the maybe too many Hermes weed jokes which is where uh, Amy sees one of the small benders and goes, oh my God, a big fat roach. And he goes, I thought I put that away. It's <laughs> a pretty good one. <laughs> a pretty good one. <laughs> um, and then when everything's, everyone's fucking I thought drunk. I put that away. It's <laughs> good. It's a good joke. <laughs> uh, um, and then I like uh, I like Morbo and oh fuck I don't even remember the her what's her what's his co-anchor's name I don't know her name, um, yeah. But they're uh, but they're but they're both drunk and they're talking about how like all the all the water is alcohol and he goes everyone's titty much potally fit chased. It's good delivery, uh, and then and then she goes the Indy five hundred was today. There were no survivors. <laughs> That's a great joke. Really good. Um, was it, what, did, just, does she yeah. say like? Does she say like you're not drunk? I'm drunk before she like falls. Yeah, over. yeah, something <laughs> like, that. like that. Something like that. Oh man, yeah. There's some like that stretch I find very funny. Um, and then like, I also just love. I like the stuff with Bender where his like his whole reasoning behind doing stuff is like i don't want to do two things <laughs> i want to only do one thing <laughs> and so like this all started because he didn't want to fold two sweaters right. <laughs> it's like i'll fold one sweater but i'm not gonna fold two sweaters and so then the solution is like bender all you have to do is save the world and i'll fold the sweaters and he's like so wait you'll do two things and i only have to do one thing <laughs> That's funny. So I think that's it's super dumb, but I like it's that so a lot. Um, yeah, that's fun. I, uh, I, this is an episode that I like respect on the sci-fi level more than I like love it overall. Um, but I do think it's pretty good. I think it's a pretty good episode. Yeah, I think this one's alright. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, should we move on? Move on to tip of the Zoiberg? Yeah. It's okay. Real quick. A little yeah. little peek into cartoons that curse. The way I take my notes, I don't write the full episode name. I just write like a keyword at the top. Mm-hmm. And the keyword for this episode is tip. So it just says <laughs> tip in all caps with the notes underneath. <laughs> <laughs> tip. Uh, um, also a good title, Tip of the Zoidberg. Because um, it really does like get us to see and understand Zoidberg a lot more. It's just, it's a great title. It's a really good title. Um, I mostly quite like this episode, especially with what it does with Zoidberg. There's only one part of the episode that every time I get to it, I'm like, don't, I think this is stupid. And that is the big death coaster thing at the end. Like that, that being the way they're going to kill the professor. I'm like, this is, really weird and overly complicated why are we building a death coaster (laughs) like i don't know i just didn't get i don't know it didn't seem necessary in any way and i was just like this kind of you know that's gone that's that's there for stakes right right it's to make like a big set piece that you're animating that looks cool and everything and i like i get it but i don't know it just like elevated the episode from the episode felt 
grounded in this character drama and then that like escalates it to such a silly place where i'm just like all right well in order to help everyone we're gonna make a death coaster uh (laughs) like okay sure um but i do like this episode a lot people really love this episode this episode get has really really well is really well received um i think it's really good uh and that's mostly because of the Farnsworth Zoidberg history stuff. Uh, I think that stuff is really, I think that stuff really works on like a shocking level. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. What do you, what do you have any other thoughts in general about this one? Um, you know, I talked about it earlier, but like, I really, I'm really fascinated by just the Zoidberg as a person scenes where right. like, he's like actually, like having real conversations with people and there's like no gags like when he when he goes to see mom love it love that whole scene love she's that like, sequence she's like it's been a long time like do you ever regret like like leaving working for me and working for the professor and he's right. just like ah, what you want me to say like you saved my life like it's and it's all it's just there's no jokes like it's yes. just them talking and it's so fucking like fascinating to see I, I love this version of Zoidberg. I do. Me too. I am curious, like, obviously, because this is like not like I know over the course of the show, they added more and more to the history of these characters and their backstory. And that was even true in the original run. Like the first time we meet mom and she comes in to try and buy those anchovies from Fry. It's like unless Zoidberg wasn't there, which he I don't. I think he was like, it's like Farnsworth doesn't say anything about mom and their history. Zoidberg doesn't say anything about their mom and their history. You know what I mean? Like they've obviously mm-hmm. got history. So I'm wondering how, how much the early stuff still works with this. I don't remember it all, but, I don't remember either. um, but this is, uh, but it, I do love the implications here, which is that basically Zoidberg's out of like obligation to his friend gave up, a life of like great success. (laughs) Like that's the whole idea here is like, he could have just lived an incredibly wealthy, comfortable life if he had continued working for mom. And instead he did what was best for his friend, which is like really spot on for Zoidberg's character. And you know, they are escalating it a bit to a bigger, Mm -hmm. to a deeper level. But that is, I think a really cool idea. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's I, a good, I, good guy. Everything about the way this episode is like structured and put together, it just makes sense to me. Like, yeah, it makes sense that everybody's like, "Well, why the fuck do you even keep him around? He doesn't know anything. Yes. Like, he's yes. stupid. Like, it like that totally makes sense. Like, why they why they would come because you just see it throughout the show, right? And I I love that. This isn't a Zoiberg is this in in fact this is like the anti Zoiberg is dumb story because it's like no he he knows stuff it's just not about us it's about right. everything fucking else yes and like man that shit is cool I love that shit like it like it it, it they they turned them into because you know and Zoiberg again is like he's a character that I always liked and I always thought was really funny but like it I never had like the attachment to him to feel like, ah, oh, they just kind of turned him into a joke. Like it never felt like that to me. He felt like he was just always kind of right. funny. Right. But here it's like, they took this joke character and was like, nah, he is a person though. And like, he is, there's a reason he has this job and there's a reason that he's around. 
Right. And, ah, yeah, which they man, never really reconciled. Cool. Like it's that's I, that was my note. I like I like reconciling with Zoidberg's incompetence. Like they really make that the the plot point and it really gets to the bottom of why he's been around this whole time. It's really you're mm-hmm. right. It is that is really awesome. Uh, especially yeah, through it. like in the whole history of the show. Uh they hadn't done it until now, you know? <laughs> so yeah. it's cool. Yeah. And I love uh, uh I love when they when when Zoyberg uh like saves the professor and like they like hug that like really sweet hug is <laughs> so nice it's really nice it's so it's really nice. nice um it's nice i do think on the top of the death coaster there's the yetiism thing is a little silly but still um yeah like there's just little aspects of this episode that i'm like that's silly and like triggers my brain in a weird way that i'm like oh this was this was so like because this episode is so grounded in those character that those aspects of these characters and their place in the show that when they Mm -hmm. then escalate it to like this incredibly silly place, like with Yeti and the death coaster, I'm kind of like, okay, do we need it? Like, do we need it? Did we really need like it to get this silly? Yeah. Um, But you're right. The ending, especially just like their hug and like, they're little uh they're like whooping out on the street together like <laughs> them leaving <laughs> yeah yeah that i love that that's sweet yeah. but even right before that when like because that's what in order for mom to help zoeberg has to give her his only thing in his possession which is a coupon for like tanning and right. like they all decide, and, he takes, all, and she takes is, it. She takes yeah, it. Yeah, she takes it. And it's it is it is like it is kind of funny that at the end of the episode, everybody's like, "Let's just go get tanned." It's, it's like, right. how fucking random is that? But Zoeberg can't go. He's like, "Fuck, man! All right, I guess I'm gonna sit here." And then uh, my professor just comes in and says, "Like, nah, it's on me." Like, come on. It's like, oh, that's so yeah. fucking sweet. <laughs> yeah, I like. I, I love, love this that. one, man. I think I think I actually love this episode. Good, it's hell great. yeah, I love it. to hear it. Um, it is a good, it is a really nice episode and it is nice that like they give, especially, and then in the last run too, they give the one that you says you haven't seen yet, uh, which is the second to last episode in the whole show is the like Zoidberg's good happy ending. And that episode is such a great Zoidberg episode too. They really like give him great episodes in these last comedy central seasons. Mm. Um, all right. You got anything else about this? Should we move on? You keep going. All right, Ghost in the Machines. This one aired third for the season, um, but here it is, whatever this is, like fifth, one, two, three, four, five, sixth. Sixth episode of the season production order. Let's see. Oh, oh did I read my tip of the Zoidberg one? Oh, I didn't read my tip of the Zoidberg. Let me read my tip oh, of the yeah, Zoidberg yeah, review. Yeah, yeah. This is another quality episode. Still waiting for that God tier episode of season 6B, but another consistently funny episode. Five stars. <laughs> um, okay. And then Ghost in the Machines, I said, another solid episode. The callbacks to Hell is Other Robots and the Devil's Hands are Idle Playthings were hilarious. Uh, five stars. <laughs> I just gave everything five. I was being nice. real generous. Real nice. Um, uh, this is an interesting episode because it is both. it is both following up robot devil stuff this is our only real substantial role for the robot devil since idle hands uh he's got like jokes here and there but i think this is the only episode where he's like a part of it okay really yeah since devil's hands um and really are those the only three like are those the only three real robot devil episodes oh you know what he has a good he has a good little stretch in 
beast with a billion backs too. Um, he, I can't even remember, bro. He's it's there's a really funny sequence, but it's because Bender basically goes to him and makes a deal with him and gets like the army of the damned to fight like heaven or whatever, where all of where everyone has gone up to Yivo. But the sequence that you will remember is as the robot devil is like, oh, I'll make a deal with you, Dender, Dead Bender. All you need to do is bring me your firstborn child. And then Bender goes and finds his firstborn kid. And he's like, daddy, daddy, you're back. And he just brings him <laughs> down and kicks him into the lava. <laughs> it's <was> pretty brutal. <laughs> Sick. Um, but that's like, so yeah, I guess there's like four real Four real, I would say, robot devil episodes. He's in a chunk of Beast with a Billion Backs. Um, and then this is also kind of a follow-up to, in a way, Lethal Inspection because Bender dies and he does not have a backup unit and therefore he does not get mm. resurrected, you know? Um, and so there are things about this episode I like. Um I do think it's interesting how it kind of approaches the like, oh, do people see robots as life question, like on the same level mm-hmm. as humans? Um, and obviously, like, uh, Fry just says no. <laughs> like, he goes and saves the human, and then the robot dies, and, uh, and then, um, and Bender like calls him out and it's, do you think that he like robot life isn't worth as much as human life? And he's like, no, no. Well, actually, yes. <laughs> like, he's just like, yeah, I do think that. <laughs> um, which like to Bender's defense, like is a messed up thing for Fry to tell his best friend who is a robot, <laughs> you know, like that there's that. And then I just, my, I think my, my main problem with this episode is like, why is this story not about Fry learning why that's wrong? Right. Like, Fry is the one who wrongs Bender, but instead they take it as like, okay, let's just do this, like, story uh, about Bender uh, having to kill Fry and haunting him and having to kill Fry. And, like, I don't know. I just, when when it started, I was like, oh, okay, so that's what this is going to be about. And then it, like, wasn't. Yeah, and, like, and they, they, they almost reverse it in a weird way because, like, then the end, what Bender learns is that he, it's like, he, he, yeah, I don't know, like, because he then at the end, Bender sacrifices the robot devil's body to save Fry, and so he, like, he's insisting the whole episode that he sees robot life as more important than human life, and then he sacrifices a robot to save Fry, and... Mm. I don't know. Like it is messy in that way. Like they could have definitely really honed in on the, yeah, there was like no real clear lesson being learned until throughout the episode. Uh, I think that's a good, strong point. Um, Yeah. There are some good. I don't know. There's There's also, uh, there's that. Cause I forgot why I felt the way I did about the Hermes weed thing. And now I remember it's because of this one, because they like, it like branched off from Hermes and then they like, they like turned it into like a Jamaican thing. And that's when I was like, all right, now I don't feel like that's their place to even like do that. There's the bit where they're watching the floats, like the parade floats and the Jamaican one is just like this fucking weed cloud. Oh yeah, that's right. And like, and like you know, it's yeah, like it's not oh, even, about yeah, 
it was a it's Hermes like, uh, thing before, know, and then they just make it a full stereotype about Jamaicans. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, uh, you know, like I get, I get the thought process. Like, ah, oh, it's about to bump into the fucking uh, the snack float or whatever. Right. But right. I right. Right. Like, <laughs> I still was like, all right, you guys, y'all pushing it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I hear you there. Um. Yeah. I do think this episode has some good gags. Like, um, I like. I like when ben, like Bender stops the robot devil from singing another song, <laughs> and then and then we get the little bit of the Hell Is Other Robot song again, which is funny. That's like a funny callback mm. where he just starts playing it. Um, I laughed at this joke, but it also is just another example of them being like, "What the fuck are Fry and Leela a thing or not?" Where after he he gets like he saves the person and gets their like the key to the town or whatever he goes it sure was nice of the mayor's wife to have sex with me, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is a funny joke. But also I'm just like what is going on with these two? <laughs> like right, what's their yeah. deal? Um, yeah. And then I laugh pretty hard at the like when Fry is like getting haunted and they're like they decide to do the exorcism. There's a really good needle drop when they cut outside and there's like a cool cool sound cue needle drop um with the robot preacher like walking up the like exorcist style needle drop uh i like that sequence um but the i never enjoy i never really enjoyed the whole third act at the amish place like i don't know why it just like it feels oh, so that disconnected is the third act of this one isn't it yeah and it's like i i don't know like it feels I get I get how they got to that because he's just like, I'm haunted by all technology, so I'm going to go where there's no technology. But it does feel mm-hmm. so disparate, even though I see the connection. It's like, why is this so this is just feels so different than the rest of the episode. That it's whole kind of like uh, it's kind of like when they go to Alaska in the Simpsons movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you just kind of remove the characters and put them in this like brand new space and i understand how we got here but it is it's right. like kind of jarring a little bit kind of right um yeah, I get it. yeah it's okay like it's okay i do kind of like like i do think it's sweet when fry when he saves when he saves fry and that's nice and then he comes back at the end i don't even remember how what does he goes that goes to heaven i don't know like there's a lot going on in this last act for how he comes back yeah yeah and i i did laugh the last bit though where he finally comes back and fry is just like hey wait did you haunt me? <laughs> it's like, yeah, just calls him out immediately. And he, wait, does he like, doesn't he like not answer? He just kind of like, looks yeah, it cuts, around. It cuts, I think it cuts to the credits. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> do not it's find funny. out. Yeah, yeah. I like that. It's funny. It's a good, me strong my, joke. We got on. a big laugh. We got a good. big laugh out of that. There's, um, okay. I do. I have, I have like four things, four funny things about this one written down. One of them is like automatically when Fry saves the the old lady and uh, the mayor says that they're going to uh, that from now on, this Saturday will be known as Fry Day. <laughs> yeah, that that's was, a good I gag. Like, that's a I really like that good a gag. Uh, when Bender dies, Dead X pulls up yeah. and like just drops the coffin <laughs> off. And I'm like, is that how you just find out that your homie died in the future? Like, oh, <laughs> they up. just pull, they just pull a fucking van up to your job. Um. Oh, okay. So the robot devil, the first time we see him, he's reading a magazine that says that's life, but it says in hell. But it's it's Life magazine. <laughs> oh, and it says in hell. that's so funny. That's <laughs> I so like funny. that a lot. I like that a lot. And uh, the last thing I got is something that Bender says probably probably 
one of my biggest laughs the episode. He says, uh, hold on to your dookie. It's about to get spooky. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> uh, that's good. Um, there, see, there's some good gags. Like, I, that's the thing is like, I'm, I know I said this, but I'm like, I'm really glad we're going through this, especially I'm really loving going through this with you since you haven't really seen these as much as I have. So like, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's given me a good new perspective on some stuff. And like, it's nice to see that, you know, like it's nice to reaffirm that. Yeah, there are good jokes. There's good jokes in this run. Um, mm -hmm. I will say my notes for the next four episodes are pretty limited because I don't like these episodes very much. <laughs> And folks, that is the end of our first half of our discussion about Futurama Season 6B. If you like this material, you like this podcast, you want to hear the second half the week that you hear the first half, you should join our Patreon over at patreon.com slash cartoons that curse become a cursed one. Not only do you get to listen to our episodes in their entirety one week before YouTube does, you also get 20 plus bonus episodes of us covering movies we like to talk about. It's a lot of extra content and it's worth it. You should do it. Uh, and with that, I want to thank Carrie Feek for our amazing artwork. I want to thank Jake Neutron for that theme song. I want to take, thank Michael Yunez for producing and editing the podcast and co-hosting After Dark with us. I want to thank Tunerific Tariq for co-hosting every episode with me. And I want to thank all of you for joining and listening and supporting in whatever way you can. Thank you so much and very much. Goodbye. <laughs>